It's the field of 12 after dark. Week two is here, or it's almost here. We got to see if Georgia Tech can actually come from behind and knock down Clemson. We'll keep our eyes on that game. We may just talk about what's happening in that game. But first, we have a lot of overreactions to tend to from week one. What a wild week it was. I've got two guys with me I am so excited to talk to tonight. That would be George Whitfield. That would be Michael Felder. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Michael, the Houston Astros hats behind you. I mean, I don't know if you're ready to talk baseball, football, what tonight, but I'm confident you're going to do a great job for us. Look, once the Astros won one World Series, cheating or not, I'm done. I don't need to watch any more baseball. Tonight, though, I'm rocking the fear of God because I think that's what a lot of um, – I think that's what Georgia and Alabama put into a lot of teams. So I'm excited to get into it. I'm going to save what I want to get to for my toast, but we're, we're going to talk about it. George, how about you? How you living, playboy? Man, the West Coast is buzzing. Dime City, I mean, we're out here in a heat wave. Can you imagine that? It's above 85 degrees in San Diego. It's like 100 all kinds of perms. I'm out here walking around. Perms are just flat right now. <laughs> this is bad business going on out here, but we'll be all right. It's still the city of dimes. Uh, we're good. We're doing all right. Well, it's good to have you both here. As I mentioned, we're going to spend a lot of time tonight talking through some overreactions. Specifically, I've got four that I'm excited to run by you guys, and you guys can tell me if I'm crazy or if I'm accurate based on what you learned from games around the country in week one. First, we also have to talk about the craziness that was Florida State LSU last night. What a way to put a cap on week one. But even before that, gentlemen, we got to do a field of 12 staple. We got to do our toasts. Let's mm -hmm. go around the horn. Felder, you're going to go first for us. Give us a toast to something, someone, or even a moment from week one. Listen, I'm going to toast to Billy Napier. And I know we're going to talk Florida in a little bit, but I'm going to toast to Billy Napier. Uh, he made he built a sandbox that Florida could play in, and they, did, they had a really good time. So I'm going to cheers to that one, baby. Cheers. Oh, man. George, what are you laughing? Got? I'm laughing. And I'm going to just show the show. Right there in the corner. <laughs> Coach Napier, right? So that's, hey, the respect is all around, and rightfully so. Um, <laughs> I was like, they're surely not going to go down to Florida to the team that just beat the biker gang in a 12-round KO. So I'm going to switch. First of all, I second that with, with Coach Napier. I'm going to switch to college football fans. There were a lot of times building up to the summer, we see matchups and we're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And you look at an Oregon, Georgia, you look at a Notre Dame, Ohio State, and you think, oh, my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Notre Dame and Ohio State, Notre Dame came in much better than I thought. Ohio State lost, I think, who might be the best football player in the sport and Jackson Smith and Jigba, just like he's kind of like a, 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 a T.O. and Steve Smith clone, like a mesh. Yeah. They lost their fastball and still were able to hold off a game Notre Dame team. They found themselves in here. They don't have a fastball. How many teams can come off and go to their second or third pitch against a game top five opponent and still take it out. So I'm going to flip. My man Felder went with Napier and the Gators. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bucks, finding a way to get it done in a high-profile game. Respect. Cheers. I don't often cheers to Ohio State football, but, you know, George, for you, I can make it happen. 
There you go, sir. It's good for your health. What do you got? You know, I thought long and hard about this. I really did. I wanted to come up with something unconventional, someone that maybe people wouldn't expect. You know, we're going to give a lot of love to a lot of different people as we get through our overreactions today. Uh, I ended up settling on the one person in all of college football who I think could use a drink right now more than anyone. And that would be Brian Polian, LSU's special teams coordinator. And look, there's a lot of people out there who are great at their jobs. There's a lot of people out there in all walks of life who aren't great at their jobs. But you can't tell me last night was necessarily on coaching. Every little thing went wrong. I'm sure there was an element of it. You guys could tell me a lot more than I would know about that. But at some point when every single play, the domino falls the wrong way, that's just a tough night. So, Brian, I hope you got a drink last night once you got home. Cheers to you, my friend. Speaking of that crazy game, let's jump right in. Let's go right in. We started a little late tonight. LSU, Florida State. Okay, at times it was ugly for large stretches. It was ugly, but at times it was everything we love about college football. I'm literally just going to read off to you the sequence of events that happened in the last two minutes of last night's game in case you didn't see it. Finally, finally, LSU gets a stop, a muffed punt. A fumble at the one-yard line with a minute left in the game. A 99-yard drive. Of course, a lengthy replay review. A game-tying touchdown as time expires. And ultimately, a blocked extra point attempt to... I mean, that was to tie the game, to send it into overtime. Uh, You could argue that's the game of the year. Week one. It's done. It has happened. A lot of crazy shit did happen, though. Felder, let's go to you first. Was this the wildest, most exhilarating part of week one for you? No, that's here's the crazy part. It was, <laughs> I, I put it at number three. Okay. Because I watched UNC app state and I don't know if you guys watched that game, but <laughs> they were going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Their game ended up what 63, 61, uh, missed two point for app state when they had a two point in the bag two two times before. So I'm going to go with that one as maybe the, 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 the like the most the craziest pace. I think the best game of week one was um, Utah and Florida, and I know we're going to talk about that mm-hmm. in, in a little bit. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll save my thoughts on that. But this one to me goes at three, and then we can throw Ohio State Notre Dame in there at four. Ohio State Notre Dame tremendous game. A game I, we don't have to spend that much time on. I know they've already talked about it. It's a it's a but it was a game where we saw Utah. Or excuse me, we saw Ohio State's defense really. That's what they're supposed. The last three quarters is what they're supposed to be. And if they're going to be that for the rest of the year, watch out. But to get into the Florida State uh, LSU game, the big thing for me watching that game was, and we talked about it a week ago, when's the last time we saw Florida State do what they're supposed to do, right, in the Duquesne game? We hadn't seen them do that in a while. And then when's the last time we saw them show up on a big stage against the team that everybody expected just to roll them? And then they showed up, and then they did it. And the verse kid can play, and he's good, and – he blocks a field goal. He gets a couple sacks. Does some tackles for loss. So, I really, I, I, I honestly, and, and George, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It looked like watching them every time they pan to the sidelines to show, to show Brian Kelly. And I know you, you're a big, you're a big Brian Kelly fan. It looked like he was like, oh, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. I, it, I think the difficulty level probably reflects the fact that this is their first game. There are no preseason games of college football. There are no, you don't get to have a team on team scrimmage. You, he just met these guys in January. You get time to like 
look, enough barbecues and bowling deals and weight, you know, weightlifting sessions and all that stuff. Let's go put this in the water against a, a normally a perennial power. You can say what you want about Florida State, but you can go in there and find five stars walking around that locker room. They're, they're no upstart. That's more of a sleeping giant that's kind of wobbling and starting to stand back up. So he just got a brand-new quarterback, and there's probably newness all around. And they found themselves on the on the on, you know, they're on the mat for the first three quarters. Yeah, start to kind of get into a rhythm. They're still coaching, coaching brought them on that ninety nine yard drive. First of all, you're talking tactical decisions. Okay, we have ninety nine yards. We have a couple minutes to get all the way down there. We got to tie this thing. There is no field goal. They get that done. You're talking mm -hmm. about formations, motions. Who do we going to attack on defense? We got to anticipate when they bring pressure. We got to throw screens and draws. When do we take our home run shots? All with this, you know, new quarterback that's never run this system and we've never coached them in a game and they get that done. They get all the way down there. And then, yes, you're right. Going back to Greg's point, they, they're faulty on the left side of the protection of the kicking game, which, mind you, Right now, tonight, across the country, special teams meetings have never been more in tune ever. And I bet you that's also true for the NFL. And they ain't even played. There's high school coaches that are like, wait, 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 wait. We've been in here, you know, messing around and bullshitting on all this special team stuff. Meetings have been going five minutes or now 20 minutes. Yeah. Walk on walkthroughs that have just been a, a sheer passing of time are now critical. You're talking about LSU, 99 yards. They get the touchdown, and they merely needed a PAT, but that's not a given. So Yeah, ask ECU about that. Yeah, correct. That reset everybody's thinking. But I think they're in a good place. I like where LSU's yeah. at. And, and uh, you know, they went 12 rounds, and then, you know, the blue came undone. You, but But – Still, 12 this rounds. Wasn't a, it wasn't a KO. This is not a KO. This is a TKO, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. It, 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 let, let, let me ask you this. So, because uh, it wasn't just the block kicks, right? They had the, the block field goal attempt and the extra point. Uh, they, also, they also had two muff punts. They also had, uh, I, I believe it was an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty at a critical, critical moment on the kickoff. Um, knowing all of that, right? And you've got all this momentum from a 99-yard drive that was just pinpoint beauty from Jaden Daniels from start to finish. Would you have gone for two if you're Brian Kelly, George? No, no. Because you got to have some level of expectation. we got to be able to hit an extra point. Damn, we done did all this extra work. we got to be able to hit an extra point. And given all those things you said, blocked extra point, blocked field goal, penalties, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. First game under new management. Now we've all seen those little uh, malls. Felder, you got those little uh, those little malls in your town. Some store says under new management. This is game one, and we yeah. went up against an opposite equal. How many teams this week went up against an opposite equal? I would rather have those charges against me as a head coach and a staff than damn Florida State ran for four hundred yards against LSU. Or LSU only ran for 45 yards against Florida State. I don't want that. They battled in between the trenches. 
you only scored six points or you gave up 30, 38 points. That wasn't the case either. Playing ball, which, yes, it's all encompassing. But they've shown that they can make big plays and stop plays and trade blows and do all of those things. But now they got to go back, which everybody does, and they get a chance to kind of accentuate those smaller aspects that can absolutely become killers. But I'd rather have the problems they have than the problems that could be. So we knew pre-game, really pre-season, right? This was a very big year for Mike Norvell. We talked about it in the ACC season preview. Uh, This is a pivotal year, not to put a guy's job on the line, but like a, a swing game like that can really have major implications down the line pending what happens later on this season. Now, I, I'm interested to ask you this, Felder, because mm-hmm. uh, I, you mentioned this uh, in your first monologue about this game, but to me, it, it sort of felt like there was a lot of this game that was controlled by Florida State, right? I think time of possession, they won that battle. The second half, it seemed like they had three very long, sustained drives that led to scores. I think two touchdowns and a field goal in the second half. Uh, They were playing the game on their terms to me. Now, all that said, they still almost coughed it up. And I found it really interesting because immediately after the game, in the midst of the celebration, Norvell is asked. They stick the microphone in his face. And the question he was asked was, last year, this is a game you guys lose. This year, you didn't. What was it? And he alluded to this is a culture that they're building. This is where if something goes wrong, last year we let that beat us. This year we didn't. We still had a play to fight for. And I got to be completely honest, I'm kind of rolling my eyes at that because their their inability to execute down the stretch and get saved by such a miracle. Yes, they won that play, but I'm kind of rolling my eyes at the fact that Florida State won this game as opposed to it fell into their lap. Am I right or wrong for that? No, I mean, have you seen Florida State the last five years? Has been pretty. I mean, this is a game that they – like, they wouldn't just lose this game. They would have lost this game spectacularly. Am I wrong, George? No, no. Go, go. Pre, go, go. They would have lost this game in spectacular – they would have been in the game. Who cares what happens at the end of the game? They were – the end of the game, they would have just been trying to get to the end. They would have been like, can we run the clock? Because I want to go home. (laughs) And – now this is a Florida. They they are building on a culture, right? They're they're trading in in a space where, hey, we're like right now. This is about speed, speed to to get to where we want to be. And I think that that I think that LSU is in that mix. I think Florida State's in that mix. I think Miami's in that mix. All three teams, um, the Florida's in that mix as well. Um, Tennessee's in that mix, but these are teams that have had and and obviously Virginia Tech's in that mix too. But these are teams that, and like we're talking about new coaches or Norvell in year three, Florida State, you better outpace the teams that have a first year coach. You better mm-hmm. outpace them because if mm-hmm. you can't, if you can't outpace them right now, if they catch up to you when you have a head start, they're going to start running past you. That's right. the part for me. That's what I mean with that. They're starting to do what they're supposed to do. But if you let these teams catch up to you, they might outrun you. And if they outrun you, guess what you're going to be doing? You're going to be back out on the corner shopping for a new coach. Yep. Yep. I agree. The The biggest piece there, like, you can't help but cheer for a program so desperately clawing to get back to where it was, not just relevance. Florida State, for the younger viewers out there, and thank you for watching Phil to 12 After Dark, Florida State had an 11-year run where they finished – the season top four. Mm-hmm. 
Heisman trophies, national championships. They were the behemoth. And then they may have come down off of wearing a crown on top of a crown. They came down to just wearing a singular crown, but they still were a killer. Then they completely submerged. Post uh, Jimbo Fisher, Jameis Winston, they really lost their footing. And then, like, it's just like watching a battleship start to take on water. They're starting to come back out, but that's what you want. We've been for so long waiting on the Miami Hurricanes to come back to relevance. USC, they didn't play a big-time opponent, waiting for them to come back to relevance. Nebraska still out there in the wilderness. Virginia Tech got people old to me. Like, these are proud, big-time, yes. <laughs> established monsters. But, you know, such as wildlife. Some some of these dinosaurs die out and they don't come back. And some of them just are able to revive, you know, they're able to escape extinction and then they come roaring back. So it is it's good, it's great for college football to have Florida State back. But also now watch this. LSU is only gonna get better. They're only going to get better. They're gonna they're gonna settle in, hone this steel in, and they have one of the three or four best ball coaches in college football, in a locker room that stays rich. Like, get real. They are only going to get better. And they could have opened this season up with Louisiana 7-11 if they wanted to. Like, a whole lot of schools started like that. They could have just said, we'll just go ahead and take uh, – who's that? Not not past them. Past the laundry mart. Those guys. You want to come over and play a game on game? No, 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 no. Florida State. It doesn't really matter – what do you think? There's some, there's going to be some kind of so – there's some Willies and Joes in that locker room that's going to come in. There's going to be some some Dariuses and some Tyrone. There's going to be some dudes coming out of that locker room. They went toe-to-toe. Details got them, not talent and not tactical work. Details got them. I think they're going to bounce right on back. Yeah, you're not wrong. There's a lot of teams out there celebrating 40, 50-point wins that – may not be as helpful to them down the line as hopefully this experience was for both sides in this game. For one final question, then we're going to get into our overreactions here. Uh, I, I feel obligated to mention this. There's been some both rumors and just speculation based on uh, some social media posts. We have to go there. Keishan Bouti, the number one projected wide receiver in this class in the NFL draft, two receptions, 20 yards last night. He scrubbed everything LSU oriented from all his social media profiles after the wow. game. Pretty visually disengaged. If you watch the game, Felder, you're laughing. I mean, is this is this a thing? Do we need to talk about this and take this seriously? Should we be on? I don't even know. Is it transfer watch at this point? No, he's not transferring. If he leaves, he's going to the NFL. Like he might just be done for the year. It's up to him, and he's going to make the choices best for him. And I think it it comes down to whether it's how you get along with the coaching staff or how things work out for you. But at the end of the day, like somebody's going to pick him because he's really, really good. And honestly, I'm so tired of these guys going on here. I'm going to erase every single thing I ever had up. Oh, that's a, is that a t-shirt with me rocking the delete delete? Like whatever. I'm so tired of that. Maybe I've just grown into like the old man and I'm screaming to kids to get off his lawn, but like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? You're either in, you're in. Great. Let's ride. Let's go. If you're out, then whatever. Like, best best of luck. Do you need an Uber getting to wherever you're going? Do you need help packing whatever it is? Either you're riding with us or you're not. So I hope the young man settles. I hope he gets to talk to some loved ones and settles it down. It's week one. But if 
if it's that frustrating after week one, at some point, you're going to have to be looking at yourself in the mirror. Did I do everything I possibly could have? If I block everything else out, did I do everything in my power that I possibly could have? But all the rest of this stuff about signaling all these ghost signals, I'm exhausted by. And a lot of these college kids are following the pro athletes doing that. I just don't think that's just the way you handle your business. Yeah. And if, if we're being completely honest, right, this new era in NCAA sports of the free transfers, like it, it has opened the door for a longer leash on a lot of that stuff. It will be fascinating to watch how that plays out. All right. For the rest of the show, we're going to go through overreactions that one could make in light oh, of week go. one. OK, uh, you guys can tell me if these are on point. You can tell me if these are absolutely nuts. You can just rip me to shreds for what I'm about to say. The first one is a great transition directly from Florida State LSU. It's specific to Brian Kelly himself. Brian Kelly was the worst head coaching hire from this entire offseason. George, what do you make of that statement? I think that that statement is so absurd. I think it's absurd. And honestly, I don't know who's supposed to fit in that answer. They went up against an opposite equal, first of all. They lost on a block extra point. All right. Everybody's going, you're going to take an L or two here and there. LSU needed someone. They needed someone who was an alpha, a great game ball coach. Like there's ball coaches, but I'm talking about somebody who in those critical moments can turn left or right and make the right decisions. And they needed a, they needed a commander. No, you're not going to see him really doing the dances. And it is kind of corny in some of the stuff he does. And no, he's not going to be out there, you know, with all the swagginess and all the cool. Like, that's just not what he does either. But he wins games. He was at a private college, a Catholic college, whose academic standards exclude him, honestly, from like two thirds of all high school football players. Like, let's just get real. He can't go get the D tackle at Alabama's getting, even if that kid wanted to come there because you can't get to school here. And over a 10 year process wins all those games. So LSU now has him. They should be, they should honestly be so thankful and so fired up. Yes. We came out of the gates. We took a loss, but we can see what this looks like and we're going to get a lot better. Brian Kelly's in a great position and really LSU great for you on seeing this thing pouncing on it and trying to set yourself up to be a, a, a T-Rex again. Felder. I listen, I, I, I think that's wrong too. I don't know who the worst hire is. Uh, honestly, <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> over the course of this season. I just, I know it's not Brian Kelly. And I know I've talked about what's this culture fit look like. What do these players look like? Like how long can they um, put up with him or stand him? I think that's an interesting element that I don't think we talk about nearly enough. Because when I when people hear culture fit, they think about, oh, well, he he fakes a southern accent or does all this stuff. When I talk about culture fit and people talk about he's he's demanding, but he's not demonstrative. And talking to folks at Notre Dame, playing for Marcus Freeman, they like that a lot more than playing for Brian Kelly. <laughs> Am I wrong, George? No, but part of that is let's just look. If you're running the show or you're the captain of the ship, you're the admiral of a whole fleet. Your yeah. voice does give sometimes. He's there a decade. So yeah. anybody that was going to be there, and really, we're really talking about the training staff and the strengths, like and the people who can right. pass. Like, yeah, it's it's probably going to have some type of wear. It's going to have some type of expiration exactly. date. But 
That's what I that's what I'm getting at. And I, I'm, I'm so I hope people understand what I'm talking about, where it's it's the people that work with him. And it's also the people that like the player, the players that are there for a long time. They're like, I don't need to get yelled at anymore. Like, right. this is the best I can do. Like, this is right. as good as it's going to get for me. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like at LSU when half the time they didn't want to listen to Ed Orgeron and he's from there. So right. it's going to be really right. interesting, but he is a really good coach. He's a very good football coach and he, he knows what he's doing. Obviously this game didn't go the way he expected it to go. He couldn't kind of, he course corrected a little bit too late and he has to figure that out, but no, I don't think he's the worst hire of the off season, like not even by any stretch. And then, I know we've got to get. I want to. I want to. I'm trying to go quick because I want to get all this stuff in there, Greg. So I don't want to step on your toes. You're good. But is Jaden Daniels the right guy for the job at QB? I think he's the only guy right now because he's the only one that we've seen, right? I think he has to be, right? I mean, look, I there was one thing that popped through my mind as I'm watching this game play out and roll off the tracks down the stretch of that game, right? When they get the ball and have to go 99 yards in a minute. That was the first time all game that it, it flashed in my mind of, I don't know that there's a more comfortable quarterback in the country in this type of crazy setting of needing yeah. to lead a comeback on the fly and freelance and make the right moves and use your legs and just make plays. Because I've seen him do that after dark in late night West Coast games where he's either down 20 points or it, they have a big lead and they blow it. Whatever Pac-12 football has been happening for his career at Arizona State that was the first moment, like, he played a fine game, I thought, before that. But when the ball was in his hands, knowing they needed their back against the wall in that crazy setting, I'm like, you know, he can do this. And then you saw it play out with your own eyes. So I think it's crazy to think that he wouldn't be the guy at this point. But that's me. George, do you do you stand on my side with that? What, in regards to a quarterback is, is Yeah, is Daniels the right guy at quarterback for Brian Kelly in this team? Well, so I look at that like this. You have who you have. Like, they've already set sail. Everybody in that LSU football building that's in here, season We're started. very nautical tonight. Yeah, very <laughs> nautical. No one else is coming. You have who you have. You evaluated him on the way into the building. You signed off. He's in there. He's giving you his all. Yes, in the first half, it looked real pedestrian. He was pulling it down. And I'm like, how many quarterbacks? prescribed runs can you really do against florida state at some point you're gonna have to start reading deep and like okay second half he showed you he stepped into it coach kelly was like oh you in oh well hell then and then they both stepped in together so they showed you so yes i think they're gonna be fine because they got tested early mind you had they played louisiana like louisiana crawfish and crawdad tech and they rolled him 65 nothing, and learned nothing about each other, and that game was really decided at birth, you wouldn't have learned anything. Florida State, we were in the compressor together. We were in that heat together. And so we get a chance to read each other, see each other. We're in the sideline really having these big tactical discussions about how we can get this done. Watch 44, watch 92. Coach, I got you, but make sure you got the next play for me. They're like – in real time, the fire is going to it's going to mold the two of them. So, yes, LSU right now, it is Jaden Daniels. I thought that he took a giant step in the fourth quarter. And, and yeah, they got their leader and they got their their general that they're, they're set and situated.
Brian Kelly gave us a phenomenal quote, by the way, at halftime of the game yesterday. He said, we can't play any worse. And then he stopped himself and said, well, I don't know if we can play worse. This is my first game here. We might play worse. Uh, (laughs) He keeps it real, man. He does. And he's good for a few of those quotes every single year. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, I think we've spent sufficient time on that insane game last night. Let's move to one of the best performances to me from week one. That would be Anthony Richardson. Against the biker gang, George. I mean, one of the toughest teams, one of these teams that I think everybody in the media, every college football fan alike going into this season has been really high on, and rightfully so, after the way they ended the bowl game last season, gave Ohio State a run for their money before Cam Rising went down. Uh, yeah. Look, they, w- they went to the swamp, and I-, I think everyone expected them to give him a game, but that game was theirs. I mean, they five yard line first down and goal with under a minute left. I mean, they needed five yards to win that game. They almost got it done. But to me, the difference in that game was they didn't have Anthony Richardson and Florida did. So here's my overreaction. You tell me if I'm crazy or not, George, we'll have you go first. Anthony Richardson is a top three Heisman candidate in the country. That's without question. That's without question. He is. And yes, you have to have wins like this to get into that discussion. Let's go back. Anthony Richardson was brought out of the bullpen for most of the season last year behind Emory Jones at Florida. And the wheels were starting to come off. They were trying to find themselves up front. Florida could not stand and trade blows with Samford. Not the Pac-12 team with no T in it. I'm talking Sam, like Jackson Ford. Samford had 40-plus points on Florida in the first half. The culture gave out. The wheels gave out. But you still somehow in the rubble have this bright, shining like behemoth coming through it. So they make their necessary changes. New staff. Emory Jones finds a new home. Richardson, you're the man now. All that stuff is great. Wait, who do we see first game of biker gang? Here comes 120 bikers into Gainesville. How well does that work for small towns usually? When 120 bikers roll in there, rugged, tested, you you know what I mean? Don't give a shit. They're going to trash this place somehow, some way, unless somebody's going to just tee up with them. That was Richardson. Didn't run a whole lot of RPOs last night. I was really curious to see what Nate Peter was going to do. Felder, they didn't do all this design quarterback run. Go back, take a couple steps, and then charge down the open gap. They didn't see that. He stayed and made most of his money in between guards and tackles. When he did make those big plays, they were designed pass plays that he was poised enough, had enough time. I'm not going to throw dice down the field. If it's open, I'll take it. If it's not, I'll run it. But the runs just happened to be these 40, 50-yard Johnson in the park. They stayed toe-to-toe with this team, traded blows, which is difficult, and won at the end. No trickery, no double reverse, no faulty deal like Florida State LSU, just hard fought. And yes, 15, I think he was going to emerge that way anyway, but damn, it's awfully early. But yes, if we're going early or late or overreaction, underreaction, yes, Anthony Richardson will be sitting in New York in December. I I think that right now he's a top three Heisman guy. I don't know if that persists over the course of the season. 
Mm. But I think that right coming out of week one, I 100% agree. Who else would out who? So that means you got to give me three other guys who would I don't go know. beyond. I don't I, I have no idea. Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. Oh, well, I'll give you three right now, George, because wait, just, wait, 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 wait. we got to give he, he going to have to put like my math teachers used to tell me when I was a kid, you show, my to show your work. You got to show your work on that one. Sure. I'm, I'm listen, because let's not pretend like that. I'm not sitting here saying that Anthony Richardson is a I'm not sitting here saying Braylon Allen's a better player than than Anthony Richardson. What I'm sitting here saying is we're talking about him being in New York City. So when we look at when I look at Wisconsin, this is a team that plays they play Ohio State and then nobody that's out, nobody maybe Michigan State might stop him. That's it. Wisconsin's going to be a 10-win team at the end of the year. I don't know if the same is going to be said for Florida. So if but Florida's an eight but will it need to be? Florida will come up against more monsters. Who's the you last? May, who's who's who was the last quarterback that won a Heisman Trophy without winning double digit games? I know Tim, the answer. Do you? Tim Tebow. No, he had four losses when he won the Heisman. Yeah. No, not in his Heisman year. He didn't have four losses. Well, uh, or a minimum of three. They took some L's. They won the national championship and he won the Heisman. They had multiple losses. Tim Tebow. You- okay, let me let me. I'm now I'm looking at a because it's RG three is the answer that I have. But here's the thing, RG three. You got to have a big on Broadway primetime win. You're right, 2007. You're right. You're right. At, or and then RG3 around was Thanksgiving. Yeah, but you got to have something big nationally at or around Thanksgiving. Carson Palmer won the won the Heisman Trophy just on a monster Thanksgiving game. Like it almost doesn't need the whole season's worth of body of work. It does help that he beat this big team right here, but does he have to run the table inside Jurassic Park? No, he doesn't have to run the table. He merely needs to keep Florida competitive. They You're right, nine and four. They were nine and four. And, there you and go. RG three, RG they, they were, but he so he they were what they were eight and four. RG three won it when they went nine and three. This is what wow. two years later. Yeah, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. He won that. So RG three is the most recent one, and then you obviously you throw in Tim Tebow after that. Yes. So you're right. So if he does that, then that's the way he wins. But we've also seen a shift in the last decade of what the Heisman looks like. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But I'm just simply saying, if you like, if you see dynamics, and remember, the Heisman is a combination of electricity and capturing imagination and being on Broadway. It yeah. isn't just about finding a nice tailback who can plug and get 1,500 yards. No, it's about picking the quarterback. It's the best quarterback on the best team. Well, but sometimes it goes beyond quarterback. Like, to me, if he's healthy, Smith and Jigba, electric. He's on Broadway. Big game changer. Like, Ohio State's got, like, three kids that can be in that that role. Alabama, Every- Will Anderson. Electric. Oh, Broadway, national TV. Like, yes, if, it tends if Will to go Anderson, quarterbacks. If Will Anderson can't get invited to New York City last year, he'll never get invited to New York City. Well, I think it'll change this year. And I think they had a hard time trying to put two defenders in there last year. But but no, you know. I just here, – here's the, the point that I'm making. 
I, I like Anthony Richardson. He's still growing as a quarterback. You look at what, what we're talking about from a passing standpoint. Again, and I said this at the top of the show, Billy Napier built the perfect sandbox for this team, right? They had a great time in there. They were bigger than Utah. They leaned on them. We watched them lean on Utah. I still don't know what they're going to do defensively at Florida because Utah moved the ball consistently. A 100-yard rusher. Cam Rising had 91 rushing yards. That includes the sacks. So we had over 100 rushing yards if you take the sacks out. And then they also were able to – he also was the leading passer in the game. They didn't – They um, Anderson, uh, Richardson didn't throw the ball. Anthony Anderson didn't uh, – Anthony Anderson, Jesus Christ. Anthony Richardson didn't throw the ball more than – he didn't throw the ball more than 12 yards at a pop, right? But, but that – honestly, but you're going to the point. He's That's economical. He's running a system. That's what I it said. It wasn't, he, but he built. No, no, no. It wasn't about a sandbox. sandbox. No, 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 no. It's not about a sandbox. It's about flying a plane. It's about running a machine. If his numbers were fifty percent, and every now and then somebody got past the defense, and he's like, "Oh, I just meet you in the end zone," bombed it. We wouldn't be giving him Over the complexities. We wouldn't give him the complexities. And the intricacies of what it is to run a system. I actually liked what I saw. Here's the other piece, Felder. I like it. I like it too. too. I like it too. I like what I saw. I like but what I'm I saw. Saying, if I'm you were a defensive that... coordinator, would you like him enough? Would would he be like how many quarterbacks in college football, if you're a big time defensive coordinator, scare you more than Anthony Richardson? He scares me, not real. He doesn't. He scares me because of what he can do with his legs. It don't even matter. Him on the field, legs, arm, eyes, tattoo. Well, the thing, no, but let's be real. We overall the, we vibe, all, like whatever. We it all is, watch the game. We all watch the game. Utah. We saw guys make business decisions when it came to trying to tackle him. Say it twice. Business decision. Who would you? Who would fear you more if you're a defensive coordinator? And my defense is gonna have to go up against this man for four quarters. Who's who fears you more right now? Who's so George, let me, more? Let, let me ask you this, George. I don't mean to cut you guys off, but I, I want to flip that on you because I spent some time with you in the offseason. You told me from seeing guys in person how special three quarterbacks in specific were. And they were the That's three right. Heisman betting favorites, right? It was Bryce Young, it was CJ Stroud, it was Caleb Williams. So what what has changed one week in for Anthony Richards to now enter that conversation? If you and if you go back to that conversation, Greg, check your notes and then the fine notes I ask you to put in red in caps. I simply told you the East Coast version of Caleb Williams resides in Gainesville and wears 15. In Anthony Richardson. Now, the difference between those three and Anthony Richardson, they've played more. Yes. The other two started from, from game one out. Yes. And Caleb Williams came out of the bullpen. And Anthony Richardson made a lot of cameos last year. He didn't start last year. But he made enough cameos. He made enough impact. And he made so much noise. Like, for those of us who can kind of put our ear on the train track and kind of understand what those vibes were. Something's coming. <laughs> Something's coming. And this ain't like the normal train. It is a locomotive coming out of Gainesville. If you just understood the vibrations coming out of those tracks, is something's totally different. Let's, he just needs time reps, and he needs a chance to start the season, Felder, as the tip of the spear, 
as sure. opposed to them saying, hey, oh, you're up. Come on, come on, come on, come on. No, I, I watched. I, I don't have a voice. I can't move and operate like the alpha. Felder's the alpha. I'm just here to back him up and support him. <laughs> it's my turn. I'll go in. I'll go in. Now he's the starter. Total different deal. And you're getting a chance to watch him move, operate, and live like a starter. So let's. Oh, I, I, I dig it. I, I, I dig it. I, I Listen. I was super impressed with Florida. I am. I'm sticking to my sandbox analogy because I do think. What does what they that did, mean when you say sandbox? What's that mean? It means I think he put them in the perfect situation to be successful. He didn't. But ask isn't him that to, the charge of all coaches? It is the charge of all coaches, but all coaches aren't good at it. And what I'm saying is, Bill Napier did a really good job. He didn't ask him to push the ball vertically down the field. He didn't ask him to challenge Utah down the field. He didn't ask him to do a ton of. Wait, he, so he asked him for gives and he asked him for quarterback runs and then he asked but, him to scramble when they had a but Felder, I would match that up against it. So asking somebody to do something can affect your play calling. Yes. What are they capable of doing? But the other part of that coin is what is the defense also doing? Utah played a lot of that with two deep safeties. You're not throwing a ton of deep shots with two deep they also safeties. Played a, they also played a, a lot of hugged up man. They did play some hugged up man, but there was a fear and you could see it. We're not going to get beat deep and we are going to give you a little bit of room and we will rally up and make the tackle as yes. opposed to getting toasted behind. So sure. you could, and, and, and again, it's, it's in the beholder. You saw it as Napier was more conservative and kind of, kind of played to some strengths I'm, and some high percentages. I looked at it as, look, that's just what the game plan called for. Utah, right. we're down here. We got all these kids down here. The, the 30th fastest kid at Florida is the second fastest kid at Utah. Agreed. Like, ain't no way we're going to get I mean, let's look at this. I mean, realistically, the size of these teams was so – I didn't realize it was going to be so disparate, the size of these teams. Oh, like, yeah. When, when oh, they yeah. – when, when they once the, the first drive, and I looked at the first drive, and I was like, oh, Utah is very small compared to – what is it, Richard Gorage or whatever it is? I was like, oh, they're very small. Hey, right. you don't see, you, you, as George would say with the biker game, you don't see too many 6'4, 6'5, 290 pound men on bikes, right, George? You I mean, they got to have a little mobility, you know? Uh, you all right, let's. Don't. Let's uh let's let's put a bow on the Anthony Richardson segment here with with just a, a quick hitter answer to this question for me. I want this from both you guys. Uh let's let's take Felder's hypothetical. Let's say Braylon Allen is in, in the Heisman uh, running at the end of the year in the podium, right? And then there's three quarterbacks alongside him. And you got to choose three between Anthony Richardson and between the other three I mentioned, Young, Stroud, Williams. Who gets cut from that group? Who doesn't make it to New York? Make it to New York? Yep. Yeah. I'm, gonna cut, I'm cutting Richardson. That would be my answer, too, for the record. I, listen, so here's you have what to, I learned. You, you, you have to cut one. You have to cut one. Here's what I learned. Here's what I, I learned. Cut, you're, you're cutting Braylon Allen and all four of them are going. I know. <laughs> Braylon Allen got in this conversation. Braylon Allen's there. They're gonna. They're not going to give all four quarterbacks. There's always a running back. There's always somebody Listen, in a defensive spot. Somebody on the After Dark Field of 12 show has some nice connections slash family ties to the Allens. And, and all <laughs> due respect, right? All due respect. A fine young man. 
Braylon Allen is not going to the Heisman if these four quarterbacks are all making a charge to the playoffs, and that's just the deal. Now let's go. That's wait, just how about do you that, think wait, wait, wait. a charge to the playoff? I think Anthony Richardson and the Gators, if that's how they put their feet on the ground in the morning to start the season, is to run a biker gang that came up into your town and you run them up out of there like that. And you got a new head coach, some new teammates, and everything is brand new. They're still meeting each other. What's your great catch? What's your name again? Great catch. Hey, let's wrap. Like they just met. Okay. And they're getting all this stuff done. So now watch me now, Felder. Watch me. I learned this as a youngster at game day. Heisman is dictated. How many chairs they have is when the drop-off is drastic. Yes, the amount of votes. Yes. Correct. It ain't going to be drastic with those four. Those four I, will be there. I if think there's going to be an addition. Year. If there's going to be an addition, it'll be someone like a Will Allen. I mean, a Will Anderson or maybe a Smith and Jigba or something like that at Ohio State. But those four quarterbacks, oh, no, they will be there. Now, this is why Stroud is going to do this thing in the Big Ten. Sure. Bryce Young is going to do his thing in Jurassic Park. And for those of you rolling, that's the SEC called Jurassic Park. And Caleb will have a nice opportunity out west. He'll sure. see Notre Dame. He'll see Utah. He'll see – they won't see Utah. They'll see Oregon. They'll see Notre Dame. They'll have enough. He'll have enough primetime games. And there'll be so much pizzazz, pomp, and circumstance against the Trojans. People are pulling for the Trojans in, like, a disproportionate way. Okay. They'll be there. And then Anthony Richardson, he will do things. He's going to get a 90-yard run on somebody he shouldn't. He's going to throw 400 yards against somebody he shouldn't. He's going to throw six touchdown passes against somebody he shouldn't. He's just going to do that thing. People didn't pay attention to Cam Newton until Auburn was 7 or 8 No, When he went at LSU and was the leading rusher and passer in the game, and he's doing all this stuff against all 11 from LSU defense, winds up going in the first round in the next two years. He's going to be there. So all respect to Madison, Wisconsin, great bar scene, and the nice, neat running back room they got up there. All respect. But unless we're just going to put nine chairs in the in the Heisman, this is the wrong year to be a nice, neat running back in the Big Ten, who's not actually from the east side of the league, this ain't this ain't gonna be that. Not George, this year. I not I got to give you credit, George. I had no idea you had a history in gymnastics because your ability to dodge, to jump, to maneuver around that pointed question of dropping a quarterback impeccable, my friend. That's why you're <laughs> the best of the biz. Uh, all right, boys, we got 15 minutes left in the show. Anybody listening, we appreciate you. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the field of 12 so you don't miss but any of our videos Greg, all season long. Also, Greg, as the point guard slash pitcher, you can call. You got some timeouts in your bag. <laughs> you can extend this if needed. You're not you wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, all right. Also, just for the record, I want to point out while we are here, uh, Sirius XM on the app, you can listen to us all season long. That's a great positive development for the field of 12. So download the Sirius XM app. Make sure you don't miss any of our nightly shows on the field of 12 after dark. Two more key ones to get to. I'm going to throw some numbers at you this time. All right. Uh, in the last 10 years, national champions that are not Clemson and are not Alabama and are not Georgia, the most recent, right? We've got LSU and we've got Florida State. 
LSU 15 and 0 in their national title year. The following season, they went five and five. The following season, they went six and seven, and Coach O was gone. Florida State 14 and 0. Following year, 13 and one, a contender. Two years of 10 and three, Jimbo was gone. When we look at Georgia, a team coming off a dominant national championship season last year, they kick off this season with a 49 to three thrashing of an Oregon team that I think could be pretty good by the end of this season. My question to you, or my, my statement to you, you tell me if this is no reaction. Georgia is the next college football dynasty, a la Alabama, a la Clemson, multiple national titles, multiple championship appearances in store for this Georgia football team. Felder, what do you think? Yeah, I think I, I'm going to be quick. I, I think so. I think, listen, they recruit at a level the same way that Alabama does. They recruit literally the exact same way that Alabama does. Uh, they are, we're seeing them loosen up, open up the offense. And I think that's a, a beautiful thing to see their ability to push the ball down the field, getting guys like Darnell Washington involved. I think once uh, Ari uh, Gilbert gets out of the doghouse, he's going to get the ball too, which makes them a dynamic 13 personnel football team. Uh, obviously, they're going to still throw the ball to Lab McConkey. You got McIntosh, you got Milton. Those guys are going to be able to kind of, they can catch out of the backfield. So for me, yeah, I think so. They got a great offensive line, uh, headlined by what is it, Broderick Jones. So they're going to continue to recruit at that same level. They're continuing to perform at that level. And Kirby Smart is coming out of his shell offensively where he wants to challenge. He wants to score 35. He wants to score 44, 40 points a game. And if that's the thing you want to do, which is what Nick Saban, a transition Nick Saban made in what, Nick, 2015, maybe? After he'd seen Johnny Menzel and Deshaun Watson, he was like, oh, I might have to score points to win. Mm -hmm. um, I think Kirby Smart's in that same space now. And if that's going to be the case, then I think, yeah, absolutely. George, same I second, question. I second that. Let's go back now. Georgia's been the national championship twice. First time they went in there, they had a freshman quarterback. They had a freshman quarterback. And they lost in overtime to Alabama. The second time they come in there, they have the walk-on quarterback in Stetson Bennett. Like, incredible story. They're not even at the peak of their recruiting powers at the most critical position on there. They've even been in there with a, a five-star veteran quarterback who can just go through the field and slay and make changes and make adjustments. David Shaw told me I had a chance to work with Andrew Luck during the draft. And I had to live at Stanford with him because he wasn't allowed to drop classes. Right. So now you get a chance. You you work with Luck and you go hang out in the football building. Luck, uh, Shaw told me the greatest aspect of having Luck as a veteran wasn't his ability to make plays. It was that he was able to mitigate damage. We're never in third and long. He never takes sacks. If the defense does something exotic, he can get us up out of it. Like, that's just the value and the richness of having a big-time veteran quarterback back there. Georgia hasn't had that yet. Now, Stetson Bennett, he's starting to find his groove and do his thing and all that. Right now, it's a great story, but from a tactical perspective, they haven't had that. They've done it on defense. They've done it running the ball. And they've done it just eviscerating everybody that comes in their wake, except for Bama. So to Felder's point, Yes, you're recruiting in the same backyard, but it's equal. Right now, when a G logo walks into your high school and your science teacher runs down there and says, hey, Felder, hey, Greg, there's a bulldog coach in there. You hopping up the same way you hopping up for an Alabama coach. 
And when they lay down the script of what they've done and their resume of the last three years, four years, five years, they don't have to speak in hypotheticals. Tennessee does. Florida right now does. LSU says what we'll get back to. Right now, Georgia says in real time, we're toe-to-toe with these guys in wins. We're toe-to-toe with these guys in recruiting. We're toe-to-toe with these guys in national championship appearances. We're toe-to-toe. You just make your choice. You come play with the White Walkers, or you can go over there and play for the Roman Army. If you go to the Roman Army, you're going to stand a chance to get beat down because we're there right now. That's their pitch. They don't have to say, close your eyes and think about this and hear the birds and all this other shit. They're already there. That's the difference. Down there in Jurassic Park, they can sell on what is, not what's coming. Jurassic Park is nice, by the way. I don't know that I'd heard that from you before. I don't know how frequent that is. You got all these terms going out there, but I like that a lot, George. I like it. But you get me, though, right? That's a lot oh, 100%, of monsters. Oh, 100%. Jurassic a ton Park of monsters. Is, yeah. A ton of monsters. All right. Speaking of uh, another program, it's not in the Jurassic Park, but another program I would say has some monsters. The Buckeyes. Okay. I think I personally, I was going to say people everywhere, but at least me, I was surprised how they seem to be contained. Maybe I shouldn't have been as soon as the Jackson Smith, the Jigba injury happened. But that said, I haven't seen Ohio State, even against the biggest beasts in college football, go five drives out of their first six with only one score. I haven't seen that much in my entire life, let alone in the last few years. Uh, so here's, here's the overreaction from my end. Ohio State does not have the best offense in college football. Maybe it's crazy to call that an overreaction, but I think everyone consensus preseason thought this was clearly the most talented offense in the sport. I'm saying they don't have it. George, am I wrong? You are absolutely wrong. You watch the best offense in college football, go out and for four quarters, rediscover themselves, reinvent themselves, and still dominate. They didn't put up 51, they put up 21. But they didn't have their fastball. Take any team in any sport. Take Steph Curry off the Golden State Warriors. Or maybe Clay Thompson, like either one. Go to the Yankees and take Aaron Judge out of there. Can they still go up against the Dodgers and get it done? Like they went up against a top five team and they had their game plan all set and scripted. And this is what we're going to do. And it's all buttoned down. And then out goes your home run hitter. He's out first quarter. He gives you an effort in the second half and he can't quite do it. And it's not like he's being double team and you got to scheme around the fact that they're taking him out of the game. He's not on the field. So everybody else now has to step up. They were they were still in sync, and they showed, yes, normally we're an electric thoroughbred out here. Keep up with us. Oh, now the game has changed into a ground-and-pound UFC fight. How many teams that are normally a thoroughbred can switch over to being in ground-and-pound? Ohio State did. They ran the ball between the tackles. They brutalized. They went to the body. They were able to sustain And then they kind of started to kind of relish it as the game went on. C.J. Stroud didn't throw for 450, Felder. He threw for about the mid-200s. But third down, they were efficient. All their short-yarded stuff, they were efficient. And when they needed plays, they got it done. Yes, that's the best offense. You just didn't see them at the peak of their powers, which is scarier than seeing them the other way, which you predicted they would be.
Yeah, they 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 made they made do with what they had, and I, it speaks to how important Jackson Smith and Jigba is to them. I also like honestly, and George, you can correct me if I'm wrong. If JT Barrett's the quarterback of this football team this year, right now, at the, in that football game, they probably still beat the wheels off of Notre Dame, like in a big way, because yeah, he yeah. was he was so good at running and running yeah. with the lead blocker. They when when it comes to ground and pound, I think JT Barrett. He belongs in the same discussion as Tim Tebow when it and when it comes Agreed. to running the football. Agree, and he doesn't get his proper. So I wanted to give him that. Um, Agree, but no, I um, I really, I, I, I specifically running with a lead blocker. There's no better. There's not. There were not. There are very few that were better than him. So yeah, I think they're still the best offense. And let me let me ask you this, Greg. As we as we wrap it up, let me ask you this. You want to play? You want to play against them? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Listen, I'm for okay. the state of Michigan, man. I got my one last year. I don't need to see them ever again if I had my way about it. Uh, and look, Michigan fans won't like me saying that, but hell no, I do not. I do think uh, the the Steph Curry comp is a bit something for me with, uh, with the wide receiver. Look, he's a great wide receiver. He's the best in college football. I get that. But, I mean, Curry is uh, someone who transcended an entire sport. I don't know that I view what Smith well, and Jigba can do. Pick your guy. Pick your guy. Pick your big, your your big. It's, it's Memphis without jaw. Okay, yeah, I can see that a little more, a little more. Maybe it's the engine, right? And uh, and and a big shout out to the to Memphis. They won eighty percent of their games, but that goes to coaching. That goes to everybody else digging in. That goes to them understanding what the collective has to be. Of course, we need jaw in here, but without him, knuckle up. And that's what Ohio State was able to do. That's scary. The, the best football player in college football is not on the field with us tonight. And we still have the number five team in college football in here to come see us. Oh, we got to rock. We got to rock. Yeah. I'm and they got it done. Saying. They uh, they got it done without the big plays too. three plays over 20 yards all game. And to your guys point to still grind that out, to still get a victory against the top. Five hold opponent. on a second. Impressive. To your point, how many times. A big-time, high-powered offense, a big thoroughbred offense like that, Felder, would get frustrated and impatient and start to really start to press and reach for the big opportunities. When you live on chunk plays, when you're accustomed to getting 30, 80 yards on three plays and now all of a sudden we got to put a 12-yard drive together, like those guys start to feel caged up. They start doing well, we... things outside of their character. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, we saw that. Good grief. What was that? Is that 2013, 2014? Horgerson, when they had um, Dana Horgerson, when he was at West Virginia, and they had um, Geno Smith with um, Tavon Austin and the other, Stephen Bailey. And teams started playing umbrella coverage over the top of them. And instead of taking those plays that were 12 and down, that were wide open, shoot through it. They tried to play through it. And I'm like, yeah, but there's somebody over there. You shouldn't be doing this. And so that's exactly what they just, Ohio state has the ability, but they also have the personnel to decide, you know right. what, let's just ball our right. fist up and we're going to punch our way through this. So I thought that we'll was punch interesting. our way through it. Yeah. yeah. If you look in that room there, uh, Greg, the five stars sitting in the O line room, there's a couple four stars chilling with him and the five stars in that running back room. Oh, and there's some four stars in there. Like, what's up dog? What's up? What up? <laughs> Rubbing their ha- Birdman hand hey, rub. Whatever it needs to be. If we go ground and pound, there's so be it. We ground and pound. We already established 
on this show after 12, a field of 12 after dark. Ohio State versus the Big 12 All-Star team. It's going to go to Columbus. Oh, wow. Wow. It's already been established, sir. It's already been wow. established. All right. I can't look. I'm not here to uh, to revisit here that. I'm not here to be the jury on that. I'll let that fly. Uh, we are going to move to a little segment we like to call three stars here to wrap this show. Do want to give a quick shout out to Clemson. They are looking like they are cruising to a three-plus score victory against Georgia Tech. Turned it on in the second half. Credit to the Tigers. Uh, so I asked you guys pre-show today to come up with a quarterback, a skill position guy, and a defensive player who you want to single out as your star of the week. We will call this our three stars, and we will go around the horn to end the show with this. Let's start with quarterbacks. We'll go Felder first. We'll go George second. We'll go myself third. Uh, give us your pick and then give us just a quick two, three sentences on why they're your pick from week one. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm a double dipper. Everybody knows that. I'm a cheater. Everybody knows that. So I'm taking two. I'm going to one football game for two quarterbacks, but I'm going Houston, UTSA. I'm going Clayton okay. Toon. I'm going Clayton Toon and I'm going Frank Harris. Two guys that I've watched over the course of their careers, mm-hmm. watched them coming out of high school. They both developed mm-hmm. incredibly well. Love what they both bring to the table. I thought they both played a good game. Tune didn't get started until a little bit late. Harris came on strong, started strong, ended strong, just couldn't quite get the job done. But to me, those two guys, that was the best quarterback duel that we saw in college football on Saturday. Mm. And Greg, far be it for me not being the point guard to change the lineup. But I want to I want to back clean up on this one. I'm gonna let you go okay. second out of respect, sir. I'm gonna let you go second. I'll go third. I'll take it. Look, I'm fine to jump in here. Listen, George, I just had to listen to Steph Curry comp. Then we had a, a John Morant comp from Felder. All right. I'm going to go with a different NBA comp and it might get me kicked off the show. Rob Doster might call me and say I can never make an appearance on this again. My quarterback of the week. My quarterback of the week is Stet Holmgren. That's Stetson Bennett, boys. Here's why I compare this man to Chet Holmgren, not because he's a physical freak, not because he's a unicorn, but what I've always said about Chet, he's got some shit to him. You wouldn't expect when you look at him, but when you actually watch this kid play, when you watch his demeanor, when you watch how much of a gamer he is, you want to go to war with that dude. That's Stetson Bennett to me. And if you weren't aware of that from his national championship last season, if you were only aware of the four quarterbacks we just spent 45 minutes talking about on the show. Maybe you should become aware of the guy who threw for 368 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions with a ranked win by 40 something points to kick off a season where they're the reigning champs. I, I dig it. I like Stephen. I, I, George, you were, we were out there. Where were we in? Were we in, were we in Louisiana the first time we mm-hmm. saw him when he had mm-hmm. the, the postal worker? People don't even know why they call him the mailman. They don't even know that he used to rock the postal service hat. We saw him in Houston, New Orleans. We saw him in Atlanta. We've seen him everywhere. This guy rock this little this little skinny kid running around with the postal worker hat on. I listen. I respect him a ton. I'm I'm super excited for him. I'm glad that he's he's got his feet all the way up underneath him. Nobody's going to undercut him. So George, now okay, you've got the floor. Now you are batting cleanup. You're technically tr- truly batting cleanup because I did two guys. Greg did one guy. So you're hitting fourth. Let's go. Stay so home, George. I, so look. Clayton Tune in that game down there. And I've worked with Clayton Tune. Let's put everything on on the table. Clayton, great game, sir. Great. That was great. And 
Greg, I like the mailman deal. Somebody said the mailman the other day, I think in one of our group chats, I think it was Hackenberg. I was like, who? He's like, Stetson Bennett, memory delivers a mail. I'm like, oh, I forgot he had that thing. Great. If one of the three of us sat in front of the White Walkers, they still got a pretty solid chance. And I'm not going to take anything away from him. So let's just give him his due. Tough Oregon team. I'm going to go with two guys. One we've discussed, one we haven't, but we will. Anthony Richardson, period, full stop. The other, Deion Sanders Jr., 29 of 33. Wow. 323 yards, five touchdowns. Jackson State, we don't talk much about HBCU on here. But again, one of those kids who had offers from everywhere. Yep. He had offers from everywhere. I'm going to roll with you, Pop. We're going to go to HBCU. Then we turn around and get the number one recruit in all the land. And let's make some noise down here. It's fun to watch. I love seeing him. But yes, he will be in some games this year. We'll have to kind of call his name. But it is going to be fun to watch. But in terms of my quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson nickname forthcoming and Deion Sanders Jr. I like those two, how they did this week. I dig it. Speaking of HBCU, shout out to um, the Duke's Mayo Classic, the Aggie, the Aggie Eagle Classic, baby, in Charlotte, North Carolina A&T taking on North Carolina Central. They did a full stadium swag surf undefeated. Check that out on Instagram from the Duke's Mayo Classic. The, the, it it was lit, baby. My, my Run that town, back now, Felder. Who is that now? Who is that? North Carolina A&T taking on North Carolina Central. Okay. All right. Go All right. We're, we, go. we got we got the, the GOAT producer, Dagan, in my ear telling me to keep this moving. We got two. Hold on, Greg. Yeah. Hold on, Greg. No, 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 George. Greg. We're moving. We're moving. We're moving. Dagan's, two two Dagan's categories Brooklyn. remaining. Two categories remaining. We're doing skill guys next. Felder, you're up first. Quick. I'm going to be quick. I'm going to go Anthony Grant. Um, everybody's going to look at the final score of the Nebraska game, and they're going to think, oh, well, they took care of business against uh, North Dakota. No, they didn't. It was a tied game in the fourth quarter. They needed Anthony Grant to gain almost uh, almost 200 yards, I think 189. So I'm going to go Anthony Grant. Um, George, who do you got as your skill guy? Uh, Jaden Hazelwood. Jaden Hazelwood came in, transferred out of Oklahoma. Now, the numbers don't really say much. Three catches, 40 yards, but he had a touchdown. Honestly, it might be the last, the biggest touchdown Arkansas had in years. Beat a playoff team from last year in Cincinnati. Really kind of a program-defining win. And it's, it, it's weird to say that about a Jurassic Park team, about a group of five team, but this ain't your average group of five. This is Cincinnati that came into your place. Again, tough week one opponent. You could have scheduled Walmart Tech. They didn't. They scheduled Cincinnati. Jaden Hazelwood and KJ Jefferson and Kendall Bryles and the whole crew. But Hazelwood went up against two defenders, got hit by both. Comes down with the probably the biggest catch that campus needed in the last couple of years. I'm going to go with Hazelwood. All right, I'm going to be quick as well. Braylon Allen is my pick. We spent enough time on him earlier. I do think he'll be in New York for the record. 148 yards, two touchdowns, 10 yards of carry in week one. I think he could keep that up. All right, defense to end the show. Felder, who's your star of the week? I'm going with Verse, my man Verse from Florida State. This dude had, um, what did he have? 
three sacks, four tackles for loss. He had a, a block kick earlier in the game, so I'm going to go with him. I think it, it, it just he's a transfer that everybody wanted, and he stepped in and was able to make a play. I mean, make up play. He made a lot of plays. George? I'm going to go with Will Anderson now again, just like Hazelwood, who got double teamed a lot against Cincinnati because just the fear. Uh, Will Anderson, Alabama, not a, no sacks, five tackles, double team, triple team, but he forced the action the opposite way. He's starting to kind of get into his groove. He's starting to kind of get into that whole big time like saber tooth tiger down there for Alabama on the edge. He's going to be a guy that everybody's going to have to game plan for. I went with Will Anderson this weekend. Game was kind of in uh, – the the game was taken care of, so to speak, but he gave us a glimpse of what's to come. So there were two interceptions that I think were game-clinching interceptions this week in high-profile games. One of them was a bit serendipitous to me. That would be the West Virginia pit game. The ball falls in the lap. And, of course, you capitalize, you make a play. Not taking anything away from you there. But to me, the play of the week and my star of the week defensively was Amari Bernie's game ceiling interception in Florida, Utah. I mean, that uh, for him to go out, and I've watched that play probably 50 times since it happened, I mm -hmm. still don't know how he got his hands under that ball. That was a guy going out and making a play when his team needed it most. When Utah had that game in their grasp, and to me, that's a season-defining win for a Florida team for all the reasons you said earlier, George. Great so call. There Great are call. our three stars for the week. We appreciate everybody for listening to this so much. Please subscribe to the Field of 12 so you don't miss anything we do all season. We will be back tomorrow night again here on the SiriusXM app and on the Field of 12 YouTube for the Field of 12 After Dark.